and welcome to the episode of Everything is Canon, a Cinelinks podcast. I'm your host, Steve Duncan. However, you may have found your way here. Thanks so much for tuning in. On this podcast, we invite authors from all genres onto the show to discuss their latest books and novels, as well as just about anything else that comes to mind. If you want to reach me, there are several ways to do so, but the best way is to email me at steve at cinelinks.com, or you can always find me on Twitter at stevedunk5 or at Everything Canon. Today in the show, I'm talking to Rike Elke all about her brand new book, Light from Uncommon Stars, which is described as... Good Omens meets the long way to a small, angry planet in this defiantly joyful adventure set in California's San Gabriel Valley with cursed violins, Faustian bargains, and queer alien courtship over fresh-made donuts. In what is truly one of the most theme-heavy and astonishing books you'll read this year, Light from Uncommon Stars is incredibly hard to pin down. It subverts traditional storytelling in the best way and handily toils in unconventionality. So much, in fact, I don't know if any other book this year will stick with you the same way. With a top-to-bottom superb cast of characters, vitally important and tight messaging, and converging plot lines that will make your head spin, Light from Uncommon Stars definitely lives up to its name. We talk about Rika's many skills, including her humanitarian work, lots of violin talk, Light from Uncommon Stars, of course, and much, much more. While this is a spoiler-free discussion, the odd minor detail may slip out, so if you haven't read the book and don't wish to be spoiled at all, better stop listening now, but definitely double back once you've read it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. As always, around these parts, we encourage supporting authors and stories that affirm the lives of people other than ourselves. Each time we either engage in a conversation, whether it be online or face-to-face, or each time we participate in the market with our purchasing choices. A reminder that this month, September, is National Hispanic Heritage Month in the U.S., so please support the Hispanic communities in any way that you can. Since we talk books here, I'm going to provide a list of some, not all, Hispanic authors who kick all kinds of ass. And this, of course, should be done all year long, not just because a calendar tells you so. Okay. Riki Aoki is a Japanese-American poet, composer, and teacher, and author of uh, Seasonal Velocities, uh, He Mele Hilo, uh, Why Dust Shall Never Settle Upon the Soul, and The Great Space Adventure. Her work has appeared or been recognized in several mainstream publications, and her latest poetry was part of Are You OK?, curated by Franny Choi at the Smithsonian Asian Pacific American Center. And she was honored by California State Senate for extraordinary commitment to the visibility and well-being of transgender people. She has an MFA in creative writing from Cornell University and is currently a professor of English at Santa Monica College. I assume she's probably getting very geared up for the school year and is also the executive director of Distance Press and the after school programs at Beyond Baroque Literary Arts Center in Venice. She's a two-time Lambda Award finalist, winner of the Eli Coppola Chapbook Contest, the Corson Bishop Poetry Prize and a university award from the Academy of American Poets. She's taking a break from winning awards to talk to us today about her new book, Light from Uncommon Stars, which is described as Good Omens Meets the Long Way to a Small Angry Planet in this defiantly joyful adventure set in California's San Gabriel Valley with cursed violins, Faustian bargains, and a queer alien courtship over fresh-made donuts. Kirkus said musicians selling their souls to hell shouldn't fit in the same story as an alien donut maker building a Stargate, but somehow all these elements combine to create something wild and beautiful. I couldn't agree more. I fucking love this book with my heart and soul. I'm so happy she's here. Please welcome to the show, Rika. Hi, Rika. Hi, how are you? It's really good to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course, this is where we pretend we weren't just talking. Um, I know I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. It's, it's that way. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. it's kind so, of like that time in the elevator, you know, where you've already said bye to somebody and then and you, you see them in the elevator and it's awkward. It's, and then yeah. in the carport and then on the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah for so sure. anyway, hi, it's really great to be here. This is the first time we've met. Great. It, it is the first time. I hope it's, I hope it's the first of many because um, I think you get a sense that I'm, I'm not prone to bullshit and I really fucking love mm. this book so much. Um, yeah, thank you so much. 
Oh my gosh. We'll talk about it for sure. Uh, non-spoilery of course. Um, but you know, it, your bio, like what the fuck? Like I, and I left out a bunch of stuff, like a lot. And like most people, if they're, if they're lucky, they're one of those things, but you're like a poet, composer, you know, teacher, author, incredible martial artist too, award-winning martial artist. Mm-hmm. And you're also important to me is you're also a humanitarian, which I love very much. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah. I mean, that's a you lot know, out of all the awards, I think my favorite ones are like the ones that, you know, I, I got once recognized as like the volunteer of the year for the children's program at the LGBT Center in uh, Los Angeles. And I think that's my favorite award ever. That's got to be like, I bet that's out of a lot of people too. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? You know, I think that, you know, I mean. Like there's got, I just, I just, I just assume in a, in a big place like LA, at that type of center, I bet there's a lot of volunteers. So I'm just saying that's like a pretty important award to get, I would imagine. Well, I don't know if it's important, but the work was important. And yeah. we set okay. up a really you, nice yeah. program and it, it continues to go even after I'm gone. So, right. yay. I'm well, that's really amazing. That. Yeah, no, that's a lot of stuff. You're a lot of, you, you, you're you very busy. <laughs> and uh, and I did sort of allude to the fact that, yeah, you are a, uh, you're a professor. So you're getting ready for the mm-hmm. school year, I assume too, right? Uh, really, right now, I should be in lecture at this very moment, but I told my students, um, we're meeting on Tuesdays and not on Mondays this year because <laughs> oh, it's, okay. and it's asynchronous and we're on Zoom and right. yeah, yeah, it's good to be the professor sometimes in the class. We, we can move things, but um, with, with the new book coming out and all of that, the department's been incredibly supportive oh, that's, and that's cool. yeah. uh, just it's been, I think it gives me more things to teach my students too. Well, that was what kind of what I was going to ask. Like, are you in class? But you just said you're doing Zoom stuff. So mm-hmm. um, it's all through Zoom, just like it is with this, uh, just like it is with this interview, except the videos on and they right. all see me, but right. I don't see them too often because they'll often turn their videos off and, and that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> that's, that's okay. Right. You know, I, I performed live with stage lights before. I know what it's like to speak into the darkness. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's it, the honor system too, with, with students in that situation. Oh, you know, uh, people can cheat and if, if people are smart and if they want to yeah. cheat, they're, they're always going to find a way. So at least they're using their brains. Is there any sort of end game there? Like, are you going to be back in class? Do you think at any point, or is this going to be? Uh, you think it's Zoom, Zoom for life, in, in some instances. Well, I'm hoping that I'm hoping to be back in class. Yeah. I, in much the same way that I love this podcast, but I'm hoping that one day I can actually have in person readings. Mm-hmm. And and I like people. Uh, I like to meet them. I mean, I'm an introvert who likes people, right. go figure. Yeah. But when I have the chance to to meet people, I really do prefer the face-to-face. So I am hoping that we can come to some sort of way to meet safely. I mean, even with Light from Uncommon Stars, I would love to like just look at people and say thank you. It's uh, I've, I've mentioned this, and, you know, it's been a weird, obviously, couple of years, and uh, just keeping it with, you know, with publishing – a lot of Zoom stuff, right? Marketing mm-hmm. has changed the way we've done it, you know, and I, we all feel for debut authors who never get that moment back, right? You know, you're only a debut author once. And, uh, you know, one of the, I have a weird fetish where I like, I really get off watching people meet authors they love and getting books signed and stuff. Like, like if I'm at a convention and there's an author table and there's a signing or something, like I'm just off to the side and I like watching that exchange of energy, of, of emotion. I love Number one, I think authors, good authors, not like people who write hateful bullshit books, but 
you know, people who are trying to make the world a better place <laughs> through storytelling, you know, I, I, you'd all deserve people telling you how great you are and how you, how their book changed their life in this way or that way. And that's really important. And I love seeing people just get emotional meeting the, their favorite authors. I love that exchange of energy so fucking much. And that's what I miss more than anything. <laughs> and, and I miss that for you guys too. Right. Because it's, you know? it's yeah. And so like, it's, it's, Oh, depressing it's, myself. <laughs> no, don't be depressed because uh, it is a blessing to be able to meet people. I'm not sure if it's anything we deserve, but whenever I have met people who who've been grateful, I felt I felt good about the life choices that I've made. Yeah, uh, writing, well, putting writing first means a lot of things get put not first, and right, right. Uh, to be able to have somebody say that the work meant something to them. Oh, we're really, really good. But on the other hand, Steve, here's the trick, right? I mean, at the end of the day, what I would really like to do is sit back and read light from uncommon stars in person to anybody who would Mm, ever want to. Uh, But we don't have that. We have this thing called a book. So if there's anybody who is used to this sort of verbal communication across distance readers and writers have been doing this for years and generations so we're all pros at this this is just another way to tell a story that's that's the way i tell myself that's what i tell myself right on that helps you sleep at night um it does it does (laughs) and but i really but you know when when we stop being all wise and just let her allow ourselves to be emotional thank you for that because i i do miss uh the opportunity to tour and meet people and yeah it's it's yeah. common i know it is one day we're getting there you know it feels like i know the goal line just got pushed a little bit further but mm-hmm. uh you know we'll get there we'll get there for sure i'm as of right now i'm supposed to go to y'all fest in november down to south carolina and i'm a little scared but we'll see hmm. where are you right now where do you where, where 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 do you call home just outside of toronto oh that's a long drive from you for you're you're you'd be flying of course, i'd be flying yeah but uh mm-hmm. yeah it's a long way to go but it's a great event and uh but yeah, I don't know. Cause like, that's a bad state right now and numbers aren't great. And, uh, you know, I know they have, I've tried, I trust the people that organize it and will have wonderful people there and controls in place and stuff, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It's, <laughs> I'm it's a little, really yeah. it's scary. It scares the shit out of me. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, uh, it's so ironic too, because I mean, you know, if people think about these states like South Carolina um, in just as a group, you know, I've heard people say, oh, that's that state is this or that. But you know as well as I do, because we work with the people, some of the best people, some of the wisest, the most battle-tested, some of the most resilient people come from these places. So, mm-hmm. Oh, sure. You know, oh, yeah. Just, no, no, uh, it's nothing again. Yeah, it's not that. It's just, I mean, no, no, it, no, the, yeah. the numbers are what they are, right? And They and are a, what a they lot are, of, A lot of time, it's not the people. It's the people in charge that are fucking up. So They, they um, are what they are. So, so we'll see. But uh, I'm a little hesitant right now but uh you know i'm i'll, I'll say i'm cautiously optimistic that's how thing. are things in toronto toronto ontario so we're now our vaccination numbers are great we're into herd immunity now like 70s in the 70 percentiles and stuff mm-hmm. like that for double vax so we're doing great got off to a bad start vaccination wise but we're doing really good now now we're in the middle of a federal election which isn't helping but um the wow. big the big talk right now is uh to vaccine passport or to not vaccine passport. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, each province is 
is like the states is different. We've got some provinces that are, you know, a little left-leaning, some that are a little right, and there's some pushback on, you know, so that's kind of, that's the main issue right now is, is it going to be vaccine passports? Is it going to be, uh, but our numbers have spiked again, right, with the Delta and our hospitals are once again, the ICUs are full again. And, um, you know, we just don't have the population, obviously, that, that you guys have. So we're okay that way. But yeah, it's, uh, it's not great, but no it's just like i was one of those dummies that way back when said ah this will be over in a month here we are two years later it feels like <laughs> well, i just remember thinking okay what we're gonna do is we're going to quarantine for for a few weeks and yeah no that's yeah, that's no. just not happening yeah. so so yeah. um but yeah so california though you're in la and and mm, you yes, know so so you've got it's a big state and you just, uh, it just does, it's always something down there. Cause you had that really bad heat wave. How were you during that? I you survived. Okay. Obviously. Radio. I've been doing really well. I, I live at Los Angeles has a lot of different microclimates and right. where I am, it's reasonably okay. I, uh, my, my family who lives in orange County and some, and most of them who live in the San Gabriel Valley and some of them live in San Fernando Valley there they're hurting so that's hot i mean that's hot normally so it, it's hot normally <laughs> yeah plus yeah. you know and plus now there's going to be fire it's fires and yeah. things it's yeah. it's been a weird to be honest though it's been a somewhat mild august we, mm. we've been talking about this so right. which means the heat's got to go somewhere else so we're kind of worried about where everybody else is and plus that doesn't bode well for september which is actually the worst day the worst right. month rather um, september's the one that gets you in la right yeah, I, uh, very quickly, I did sort of spend some time in Northern California years ago. I was a roadie for punk bands and ended up, ended up spending a lot of time in Santa Cruz County many years nice, ago. And, and uh, nice. I'm a massive, massive fan of Northern California for sure. And I've spent some time in the South, but I very much enjoy my time there. Um, this will be out way after, way after the fact, but of course, you know, we're all thinking about our friends in Louisiana and surrounding States down there right now. And We've got some author, author friends who've had to pack up their puppies and stuff and make for make for drier ground, but hopefully they uh, hopefully they get get going right there because I mean God that's that's scary that's fucking scary that shit. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so and you, and now in California you've got a recall coming up. So it's yes, like, it's you know like, it's it's, some, it's always something. It's one of those things where yeah. right now. Um, the pandemic, I think, is making everybody a little bit uh, crazy. Yeah. And uh, there have just been a lot of people very vocal about yes. things like the recall and, and, and things like that. I noticed something happening as well up north. There have been, you know, there was a time when everybody was crushing on Trudeau. You know it, and I know it. Everybody was crushing about him. He was talking about quantum computing. Everyone was just like, "Oh my God, that was amazing!" And now, you know, oh, now yeah. it's no, nobody uh, wants this election right now. Nobody now, wants it. And yeah, he, he keeps getting he, the last two or three rallies he's tried to put on. He's gotten chased away from hecklers and stuff and protesters. And oh yeah, the love affair, the the uh, the honeymoon period is long gone on, on that guy. Long, sure. long gone. Um, so well, you know, it's it's uh, it's the timing. I mean, I, I don't necessarily blame him and his team. Their their numbers were like really really good, and they thought you know now's as good time as any to call an election. Like I guess I don't blame them for that. Probably any party would have done the same thing, but. You know, thinking about it, you know, practically, it's just 
ugh, anyways, we'll see how it goes. I, uh, I'm a, you know, I'm a screaming sort of progressive <laughs> socialist. So uh, the, that liberal, our liberal party is even too conservative for my taste. But uh, um, uh, yeah. it, it's, uh, it's, it's just different up here. Yeah, I don't know. But you're right. Nobody wants an election right now. Nobody. So it's... Well, that's going to keep that's going to keep people but, away from the po- it's going to keep people away from the polls and and yeah. you know and that usually favors the the right the, the people that lean right so we'll see mm-hmm. we'll see we'll see yeah. yeah right now there's just this and you know it's just sort of arcing this conversation around it's like this shows that you know we're with with new technology and new ways that people are communicating with each other and you know just different uh, different levels of access suddenly. You know, politicians and anybody doing anything public, you know, they're playing catch up. It's yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? Like the the rate of like, you know, remember I used to like when the Internet, you know, came around. I'm old enough to remember that. And uh, somebody would read a newspaper and like, oh, did you see what happened to so and so? I'm like, ah, I heard about that yesterday. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now it's like things are in real time. So it's like, you, you know, these oh, news, news and, doesn't even stand a chance. Yeah. And I'm like going back to my Twitter and I'm saying thank you to people who say nice things about my my novel on on there or on Instagram or where, you know, and I'm thinking I never got the chance to write to the authors I had when I was growing up. There, That's right. Yeah. There, there, this wasn't there. there. There weren't podcasts there, you know, there, and you know, it's not that I'm that old. It's just, this has all happened so quickly. And uh, it's, uh, it's really, it's really rewarding, but as, as a writer, I did not expect it was going to be like this. It's, you know, I've, I've had this conversation so many times with authors who, you know, have different points of view on it. And if some have been asked by their publisher to engage more on social media and, and, you know, some haven't and some are great at it and some are uncomfortable with it. And, you know, we all agree that, you know, something like Twitter, for example, is both the greatest thing ever and the biggest piece of shit thing ever, mm-hmm. uh, because it, because for the reason and the, the reason is the same for both points of view, it gives everyone a voice now. Obviously, there are people that, you know, just want to see the world burn and they're there to create chaos. And, you know, even if they are real people, (laughs) you know, they're they're doing their thing. But it does bring people together in a remarkable way. And one of the silver linings of the pandemic, and I've said this and we we were sort of talking about it earlier, you know, doing these, you know, Zoom things, panels and stuff like that. Right. You know, it's free to attend most of the time. Now, that has a fixed limit on it, though. Like, you can't do that forever. But at the same time, and also the reach is, you know, a hundredfold. Mm-hmm. So now you have, because you're going to have, if you don't already, you're going to have fans in, in other parts of the world who are going to be able to listen to you and watch you on a panel now. Whereas before, there's no way they could have afforded to like fly to the U.S. to go to a convention or see you at a speaking engagement or whatever, right? So it is, it is amazing. That's a nice silver lining. And I hope we see some form of that stick around. If we ever go back to full in-person events, I'd like to see some form of virtual, you know, thing. I think, I think we're there now. We're too far gone. Like we'll always have some element, but yeah, that's been a nice sort of thing that's come from it all. I think. Absolutely. I think that I, I can't imagine us going back to a time or a space where somebody from, you know, somebody from Switzerland isn't going to like say, I want to see that. And I expect to see it because you know, there, there's this panel that I want to see. Where's right. the video uh, or, you know, where's the link? It, it, 
here we are. So like I said, um, it's, it's, it's not super viable long-term for authors. Cause I mean, you should, like, there's a, there's a, an argument to be made about like your time is worth something, right? Like it is a job, mm-hmm. like uh, we can romanticize it as much as we want, but it is a job and your time is valuable. Um, it's a job. It's yeah. uh, one of those things where I worked all my life to be here, Steve. I, I, yeah, I put I so many it. things to the side to become a writer. It's the one thing that I wanted to be more than anything else in the world. But girl, be careful what you ask for. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because sometimes I'm, I'm there and I'm, I'm writing. And what happens is, uh, well, when you have your first novel or second book published even, um, nobody's really paying attention. So you can, there's no deadlines. You, so you can right. turn in your absolute best work. Writing under deadline, though, is a whole, whole different uh, you know, approach uh, with, hmm. with this, with Life from Uncommon Stars, knowing I had to get my drafts in. The contract was signed. We mm-hmm. had to do it by here and by there. And, and suddenly, I couldn't play hard to get with my muse anymore. We, we had to roll up our sleeves and say, okay, we're working together. I may not like you all the time. You may not like me, but we got to make this happen. Right. right. And uh, what are we going to call this large donut? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Right. Basically, yeah. We'll just call it the big donut. Well, that's brilliant. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, is this a one book deal or two book deal or three? Would you, this is would, a two book deal. Two book deal. So that's, mm-hmm. see, I was just going to say, because then it gets even worse because now you'll be not only under deadline, but you're going to be expected to market the book that's coming out. Like they always time it that way. They always time it that way. Yeah. They always are. And, yeah, yeah. but uh, thank goodness that, you know, I have a, I have a huge chunk of the next, next book written and uh, you know, if we have time, we'll get into it, but sure. yeah, if I can, if I can pull it off, it's going to be a nice book. So, oh, you know, cool. so well, here we go with that, um, but yeah, but we have this one already and this one's not even out yet. And there's this beautiful space koi in the cover and we're all happy. Um, I don't remember. Yeah. We'll, we'll definitely, we're, oh, we're going to get into the book. Don't you worry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've got questions. Okay. Um, I've got I guess you could call them answers. I guess. Well, okay, yes, you can't answer all my questions because that would be too much, too spoilery. But anyways, um, two, one couple, one quick thing too, I want to talk about. Uh, so you are like an award-winning martial artist. Um, uh-huh. You are a, uh, let me, I want to make sure I get this right. So uh, you direct a program, a martial arts and yes. self-defense program. Uh-huh. And uh, what did you do? You won something. You're a champion, aren't you? Let's start uh, in, as a junior, I was a national champion. Amazing. So, um, so on my mom's side of my family, kind of like in a weird way, there's like, we have like judo in our blood mm-hmm. and, and so I was forced to take judo as a kid <laughs> and, uh, so I took it and it was uh-huh. going okay. And God, I don't even know how young I was. I was just small. And, uh, and then I went into a tournament and, mm-hmm. and a guy like flipped me and then sort of like choked me out basically. And, mm-hmm. and so I started crying and I was bawling and bawling and bawling. And I never wanted to do it again. And I like threw off my key and took off everything. I was like, I know the feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that was it. So that's my judo story. Like I went to one tournament, cried. My first tournament that I went to. Yeah. The match lasted less than five seconds. I got oh, thrown. yeah. Mine was about that, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, my my father, being, being my father, yeah. um, oh, there, there was no talk of quitting. Okay. Uh, see, so, my dad, see, my dad was kind of a hippie, so he's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. My, yeah. So he, 
he was going to make a black belt no matter what. And was there he? we okay. are. He uh -huh. wanted a black belt. So, yeah. So, okay. Uh, in fact, I got my black belt before he did. So, oh, you know. very cool. Ooh, well, so, um, but yeah, I mean, judo is, well, we can, yeah, we can geek out on judo all you want. I mean, yeah. after all, I've been doing it since I was 10. I mean, I don't yeah. want to like eat into a book time, but um, no, 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 no. I, I just, I, you know, reading sort of your bio and, and I can, I, my point with my really bad judo story was that uh, because I, you know, I, I know how much, I know how hard it is and I know how much work goes into it. And I know that you're very accomplished in it. And it's just like, to me, it just seems like it's, you know, one of all these things you're just incredible at <laughs> just like i'm just like what's your secret um, ah. and it the question in a long about right way is you have a lot of passions and it doesn't seem like to me and please correct me if i'm wrong and that goes for anything i'm, I'm going to say the rest of the way um uh you don't half-ass anything and yeah. It's like, to me, it's like this pursuit of, uh, for lack of a better word, perfection. Is mm -hmm. that, am I getting that right? It's, we don't have much time in this world. <laughs> and there's so much that, that I want to do. Um, you know, are you fearless also, in that way then? Or is like, are you, are you sort of like all trying anything once um, type of person? Well, what ends up happening is something really beautiful happens at the end. Yeah. For example, uh, writing Light from Uncommon Stars, there are times, or any, you know, or even Hemele Ahilo before that, there were moments where I thought this is too much and I felt trapped in my own book and I didn't know what to do or whatever. And that's my judo training, kind of thinking, okay, where's the center of gravity? Right. Where, where do I break? Where, where, can, where can I work with this? Um, one learns to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, right, to use that cliche. And there are seldom more places where you're uncomfortable than a novel where you're having a block. And so I hope that I write like a black belt. Mm. And I hope I do judo like a poet. Oh. And I hope I do everything like a composer. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, well, let's end it there then. Cause that, yes. no, I'm just joking. <laughs> no, but it's really, it's no. one of those things where uh, I think it's, it's like um, things start off looking very, very different, but if you dig down deep, there are a lot of similarities and a lot of commonalities. And um, that's also allowed me when I tell stories, not to worry about the fact that you might not be fourth generation Asian or transgender or lesbian or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But if I can help us, if I can help us together on this journey to dig down a little bit, you'll see some commonalities mm -hmm. and you can take some things and it'll nourish you. There you go. I love it. And that, again, that apply, one of your passions, again, and something that you it comes up a lot in this book too, exactly what you just said right now about nourishing somebody or helping somebody else become more, more, just mm -hmm. more in general. You're, you know, music is such a big passion of yours too. I know that. Very I'm, I'm almost the, like, I'm almost the inverse of you in a way. So like, because anytime I've tried something and the, the smallest hurdle, I cried and quit. So again, like judo with music, I took piano when I was a kid and- oh. And then, like, as soon as they started making me practice, it was one of those, you know, like you, this, you see this in like movies and shit where like a kid's like, I'm going to learn guitar and be a rock star. Okay. You got to learn scales first. Screw that. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like that was like me with piano. So then I quit. Now I know I'm happy now as an adult. Cause now I play guitar. I've been in bands. I was a roadie. Like I've been, been music's been, it's a very important part of my life now, 
and I know how to read music because of those piano lessons, but I quit at the time and I always fucking regretted it. So yeah, music's a very big part of your life and, and uh, have, it's a huge part of this book too, obviously. But so you are, uh, what level of pianist are you? And I know you said something about you're like attempting to learn the violin or something. Okay, so with the piano right now, um, I think, except for the fact that I don't, if I could get my stage fright under control, mm. uh, it's really weird. I have basically when I'm when I'm speaking with you or giving a reading or reading poetry or doing something like that, I don't care. You tell me this, there's, you know, 30,000 people listening. Okay, it's a big party. Let's play. Yep. Uh, I don't have that with, with the piano. Piano mm. is very, very spooky for me. I don't know why, but I'm hoping to work on that. But if I could, I think I'd be... I think I'd be pretty passable. Yeah, I'm right now. I'm studying. I'm playing some of Chopin's etudes, which are not easy pieces. No. So you know, I've been doing it for years, and I really, really enjoy it. Uh, with with the violin, um, I think I play just e well enough to get people who know the violin angry with me and say, <laughs> "You think you know how to play? It's not that easy, you know." Right, right. You know, so you're, I you're no Satomi. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay, yeah. um, but. But um, I really, I love the violin. Uh, yeah. The violin is that uh, the violin and I just uh, just started to have a relationship with each other and understanding. And I think if I couldn't have developed that relationship with my violin, if my own violin didn't say, ha this is a lot of fun. Let's do this more. I don't think I would have ever uh, had the confidence to write this book. Mm. Well, that's good. That's an excellent segue because like this book uh, on paper mm -hmm. is kind of a fucking nightmare. I mean, this <laughs> is like, if you were to, if, like, if I was to have to explain this book to somebody, it'd be, it, they might think, well, that's kind of weird. Like sort of like that Kirkus line about, you know, the, the two shouldn't really go together, but somehow it works. I mean, then I also don't like when people infer that like somehow it worked like as if, as if you played no role in it working whatsoever. But anyways, yeah, like screw them. Well, but, if I uh, can make it, if I can make yeah. it look seamless, my job is done. Here. Well, it's, right. It's like, it's like, how did this work? I'll tell you how it worked. Uh -huh. Fucking cause Rita well, wrote I mean, it. That's why it worked. Cause she's a fucking I mean, writer. think That's about this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm transgender. I'm a woman with a penis that's not supposed to work either but that, i hope that it works you know and at the end of the day how many of us are not contradictions I and, yeah right and you know you, you say that you know you say that you were working as a roadie but you're also a roadie who's a musician who uh, you know things things oh you, of course we're up. more than the yeah i yeah i i, I, don't, I don't disagree but it's like uh I think being transgender, though, and I think being queer, and I think being Asian makes me a lot more comfortable with being uh, with being odd because there's no safe place for me to retreat to. Very I can't, and well, so sadly, so no. then maybe, maybe, and, and even more, so sad, even either, more sadly, maybe not ever. But so may um, either I fight or I run or I turn it into art. Right. I chose the third one. Yeah. Well, I don't know what it makes you. I think it makes you a lot fucking a lot cooler than me. That's for sure. Who's somebody oh, shush, who, who, who's, who's, well, it struggles. I struggle with identity. So um, oh. I think I think you are a very, very, just so very, very fucking cool. And like, and again, sort of to some of the things that I didn't even mention in your bio, like to sort of what we we're talking about earlier, yes. about like getting getting people getting to meet people fans of your book because it does matter and there's a lot of important people out there you know trans kids and stuff they're going to read this book and they're going to be like thank you thank fucking god for rika like it's going to be you know 
if you believe in a God or whatever, but uh, um, that's important. And that's one of the things that I want to sort of, like I said, bringing it back to like doing in-person events. So people get to, to say that because it's going to be, it's going to be said at some point and, or thought at least by somebody who's reading this book. And I want nothing more for them to be able to like, say that to your face. Like, thank you. You know what Thank I mean? You. So that's Bye. such, that's, that's just like, again, it comes back to, and whether it's uh, trans or uh, whatever, I don't know, pick something, <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? I, like whatever it is, <laughs> I want that opportunity for, I, for everyone who feels that way about something they read to be able to look that author in the eye and say, thank you. I always, I just think that's so important. Um, that's why it was sort of important for me to include so many different genres and yeah. many things in there because I don't want I didn't want to censor my story and no. I didn't want, and I didn't want, there's so many conflicted um, identities in our queer community. People have to act in so many different ways and self-censor. And this P this story was almost, not almost, this story was really a calculated F you to all of that. Mm. I'm going to make the story work, even though y'all might not think it works. I'm going to make it work because I'm just that fucking good. And that's why I, and I want others to say that about themselves. Well, it, I read a lot of books. So obviously I'm an expert. <laughs> <laughs> um, it does fucking work. It works very Thank well. And it works very well, in fact. And it's almost like you won't want to ever read a book that doesn't have donuts and violins in it. It just doesn't, it, it'll just, it makes so much sense. It's so, it's so, it just, it makes a lot of sense. So my question was though, how did you pitch it? Like what was, you know, how long was your outline? How long did it take you to write the outline when you queried it? And like, what, what was the initial feedback well, I didn't go through strictly the standard. Uh, I didn't go through strictly the standard channels. Mm -hmm. Do we have time? Yeah. Okay. So uh, before Light from Uncommon Stars, I was writing a lot of mixed, uh, mixed genre, queer, trans, but also very Asian um, works. My I had my first. Uh, book was called Seasonal Velocities, and it came out through Transgenre Press. These were these are small micro presses, mm -hmm. and a a book editor from uh, from a major press um, read it and said, "Do you have more?" And I didn't, but of course, did I say that? No. I said, <laughs> why, yes, I do. I have something ready. And so um, I ended up looking through my notes and um, looked up a country, Western, queer, gunfighting, magic uh, manuscript, and I began work. And that became light from uncommon stars because eventually I said, that's not working. I like the violin. Mm -hmm. And I like donuts. And I started putting all that in there. Um, to make a long story short, when the book was done, though, that editor had left the industry. And was Is that the one you, you thank her at the end? Um, Jean? Is it oh, no, no, no. Jean's different. Jean, okay, sorry. Jean Jenkins, right. Jean Jenkins, bless her soul, is no longer with us. Oh, my gosh. So, well, I'm sorry to bring it up. Uh, uh, but... Um, but this is somebody else. I'm not going to say names here. Okay, because, fair you know, enough. But, okay. but in any case, um, they said, you know, you, you can yell at me if you want. Sorry to sit on your book. And I said, 
yelling at you doesn't solve anything. Can you introduce me to some agents? Yeah. <laughs> and um, so because of their testimonial, some agents, I didn't have to query. Some agents were already okay. good to go with the book. And um, my agent now, Meredith, uh, got that. And I have no idea how she sold this book. <laughs> But she did. But she did. That's all but that matters. She did. And yeah. that's all that matters. That's um, right. You know, that God, that happens so much. And I've heard, you know, like about not sort of not the way you did it necessarily, but it really comes down to is just getting it in front of the right person. And mm-hmm. sometimes that can happen, happen very quickly. Sometimes that can take years and that can take like a lot of rejection. So, you know, I think the, 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 the good advice to sort of peel away from that is if you really believe it in your story with all your heart, don't ever give up on it just because somebody rejects it or tells you it's not. Don't ever give up on it. And remember that no matter who you meet, that person may be somebody that might be important in your life later on. Right. Uh, This, this is an industry that is much closer than I knew there. Mm -hmm. There are people and, and I don't even mean this in a bad way. I mean this in only a good way. People yeah. actually end up working with people and they become friends. And these are relationships. Yep. So um, and I people think talk, for, people talk and people, you know, say, well, this isn't right for me, but check this out. And, you know, when you're, you know, when you're growing up, um, when I was growing up being Asian, uh, being a little weird Asian kid, and then later on being transgender or not being transgender, expressing uh my identity one learns that any one thing can break that delicate chain of your narrative Mm. and you have no downtime you close the door there's your downtime but when you're working with people and your work is out there everything is a touch point Mm. um you know you know i can go to the doctor or before right i went i went to the went to the doctor the doctor was all ready with her trans theory and everything was affirming. Then I went to the, get an x-ray. The x-ray technician looked at me and said, holy fuck, what are you? And the, uh, and so you, we want to avoid these holy fuck, what are you moments with everything we write. So I tell people, I tell my students that even if it's this one poem in this one journal, you never know who it touches. Yeah. Yep. No, it's, it's totally true. And I mean, it, that just comes up so many times in life, doesn't it? Whether it's, doesn't it need to be in publishing, right? It just comes up so many times in so many different Mm -hmm. situations. Um, Yeah. And Katrina faces that head on so much too in this book, doesn't uh, she? Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of uh, Mm -hmm. uh, light from common stars, (laughs) um, what, uh, the summary is kind of long. I don't think I want to read the summary, but it is pretty good. I'm kind of a summary nerd, so I'm always like really picky with summaries. But this one's not bad. Why don't yeah. you give me your, uh, give me like a quick, your quick elevator sort of idea? Wow. Do you, ha- for do this you have one? one? Do you have one? Oh. You want- I can just read the summary if you want. Read the summary and then okay. I can like tack on things if you want. Perfect. Um, Shizuka Satomi made a deal with the devil to escape damnation. She must entice seven other violent prodigies to trade their souls for success. She has already delivered six. Um, when Katrina, sorry, give me her last name. Katrina Nguyen. Nguyen. When Katrina Nguyen, a young transgender runaway, catches Shizuka's ear with her wild talent, Shizuka can almost feel the curse lifting, but she's found her final, that she's found her final candidate. But 
in a donut shop off the bustling highway in the San Gabriel Valley. Shizuka meets Lantran, retired starship captain, interstellar refugee, and mother of four. Shizuka mm-hmm. doesn't have time for crushes or coffee dates, what with her very soul on the line, but Lan's kind smile and eyes like stars might just redef- yeah, redefine a soul's worth. What a great scene that is when they first, uh, when she runs oh. in ho- holding her pee. Uh, <laughs> sees land for the first, sees land for the first time. Oh, that is and, that. Um, it, holding sorry. your pee in LA is a rite of passage. That's right. And maybe something as small as a warm donut is powerful enough to break a curse as vast as the California coastline. As the lives of these three women become entangled by chance and fate, a story of magic, identity, curses, and hope begins, and a family worth crossing the universe for is found. I do like that summary now that I'm reading it out loud too, because it actually, although it leaves, it leaves out, I mean, fuck, it leaves out a ton, but it leaves out some stuff that I, if it had been included in the summary, I would have been pissed at knowing, you know what I mean? Of course, that's mm-hmm. only because I've read the book, you know, so many times now. I've actually read it three times. Um, oh, thank you. Um, all right. So Life from Uncommon Stars, a couple things that I really love in storytelling. I love uh, sentiment. Love it. Love sentiment. And I love uh, process like when something is broken down to to its to its craft right to the history of 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 its of the building of things by hand like when that yes. type of that that type of process right historical process and there is a and so sentiment process this book is full of it isn't it like of course with the violins and like I learned more about violins in this book than I have my whole life easily like easily and uh, even like the parts of it and the F holes and all these, like, the, you know, it's all these different, like, like you really, it's like a lesson in the violin, like the nuts and bolts of it and the history. And, and not only that, but the history of it, you have all, you, you include all this stuff about violins and somehow it just makes a, you make a beautiful story out of it in the sense that that can bog down a book a lot, a lot mm-hmm. of the times. And, and you didn't. And even Again, this applies to even the donuts, the donut making. Like you, you apply this this respect for the craft of it, and something as like most people. I mean, fuck you. If you were to ask like a thousand people about you know the craft of of, of donut making or baking, they'd be yeah, whatever. I don't know. You throw some dough in the deep fryer and you fucking got a donut. Like this is you know like like getting your hands in it and dirty. There's so much of that in this book, and that like that's if you want to get me, that's those are two things for sure, and. It, this kind of goes back to a little bit about you, what I was talking about, how it's about achieving maybe not like technical perfection. In some ways it is for sure, but it's inspired perfection too. like trying to be the best at whatever task you set yourself to, whether it be music, cooking, violin repair, whatever. Is that mm-hmm. is that sort of like, is that is that the idea behind this whole thing? Because like even, you know, I could apply that to Lan too in so many ways. She's trying to be the best starship captain she can and be the best mm-hmm. mother she can and take some work, but, and with some help. And, but then when she realizes it, she's the best at both. And you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it's, mm-hmm. talk about that. Is that sort of like, is that like the, the base? Is that what we're starting with here? One of the things that if we're writing a story with, magic and damnation and galactic war and donuts and violin uh there better be something that connects everything to each other right otherwise i'm just writing a cookbook and a violin <laughs> a luthier manual and, and a few other things that's right so, that's right um so what i wanted to do when i was talking about the making of the donuts and talking about the making of the violin i'm trying to bring you into the headspace of somebody who's mastering their craft 
Yep. This is how it, these details are important. And the, I think what I wanted to do was not give you any details just to show off. Mm-hmm. I, or just to show you that I've done my research, right. but they need these details. Yes. So yeah. at every time there, it, it's a plot point, you know, the, you have to know how the donuts are made because it's a plot point. You have to know about that. Uh, the, you have to know about the sound post because it's a plot point. You know, she, she's shaving off a little bit of the fingerboard because it's a plot point. Well, this uh, is, yeah, this is sort of classic show. Don't tell story writing too, right? Like you can't just say these are the best donuts in the Valley. Mm-hmm. You have to explain why they're the best donuts in the valley. You can't just say that Satomi, like literally, when she walks into a room, people are like, "Holy fuck, it's the queen of hell!" It's she's a good Satomi, like the great. You know what I mean? Like you can't uh-huh. just you can't just say, "Oh, she's the greatest or one of the greatest violinists of all time." So yeah, but you know, it's not just it's it's show don't tell, but it's something a little bit more. Yeah, and um, I like to think of it as seduce don't show. Mm. So yeah. what I do is again. Back in my back in back in the day when um, I was occasionally hanging out, you know, in trans clubs, what you would call drag bars and things like that. There are some beautiful, beautiful, drop dead, gorgeous women there. And I'm thinking to myself, there's no way I'm competing with that. No, Mm. no, no. Uh, You know, I think maybe I'm. You know, it's like, okay, kind of cute, but I ain't that. So, um, so what I ended up doing was where they would be wearing short skirts. I would wear something long. I would mm. wear something buttoned. And suddenly I'm getting, I'm getting drinks. You know? nice. And what? And then I learned yeah. from there that, and, and, you know, the difference between, uh, you know, what a good burlesque, uh, good burlesque performer might do where you, you give enough to entice the viewer to fill everything in with their imagination, which is going to be way more vivid than anything than you can write. That's right. So, so right. when I'm, so I brought this into light from Uncommon Stars. These are places when I'm actually, when I'm going through all of these, um, these descriptions, I'm actually, I'm actually doing a striptease. I'm actually flirting with you because what I want to do is I want to entice you. I want you, I want you to know there's something there. I want to indicate it, but I'm not going to give you the whole picture. I'm not going to let you see everything. I'm going to leave some things to your imagination. And and I hope I pulled it off. Until it gets time to explaining what Katrina has to go through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's when you, you flip the script on, right. You, you, you go away from seduction and you go just right to uh, violence in some cases, assault assault, and and you use straightforward, plain. And my my language goes, we'll say dirty language, whatever you want to call it. And you switch that. And to me, that's what I was thinking when I was reading it. And I was like, you want us to love this, but hate this. Yes. And, and. I mean, I did. I can't imagine somebody would read this and not think that. I can, you know, have you know, the person who thinks the opposite needs help. Um, <laughs> but a lot of it too is, you know, sort of to your your story about trying to stand apart in in that bar, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you can't control how people see you. You can in a way, but one of the things that I loved, I think chapter 27 is, was one of my favorite chapters. And, and I don't know how great your memory is and you know exactly what happened in each chapter or not, but it's a really important chapter for a lot of reasons. And one of the reasons is um, 
uh, Katrina for the first time learns how people who love her see her. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we're talking about, isn't it? How, you know, the things that you, how do we see the things that we love compared to how do we see the things that we hate? We love, you want us to love, and we love donuts. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and we love the violin or people who play the violin well anyways in an expressive way. And we fucking hate people who are monsters to, to not just trans people, but just humans in general, mm-hmm. right? But for sure, trans people. And mm-hmm. I think that line is very clear. And I just, I thought that was really important. And I just wanted you to know that I really picked up on sort of your use of language in that sense. Thank you. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's just something else a little bit about the earlier versions of this piece, mm-hmm. uh, of this book. Um, so, you know, we have Katrina Wen and we have uh, Shirley, we have, you know, right. and um, they have a really, they have, they bond. And well, that's kind of what I'm, yeah, I left that out and how much we want to talk about Shirley, but she's, Katrina ends up, Shirley's an AI, um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, one of Land's AI, AI's, not one of, her AI daughter, and uh, her and Katrina, yeah, form a really cool, and, and cool relationship. Because each of them have questions of validity. Are you real? Yep. Uh, are you just a simulation? That, that sort of thing. Yep. Uh, originally, I had considered making their relationship romantic. Mm-hmm. And I realized, no, what each of them needs more than anything now is a sister. Right. Yeah. And I think... That's one of the proudest decisions I've made. I think that's where I feel, okay, I grew up as a writer. I'm not going for something expected. I, and writing sisterhood can be more challenging than writing romance. Agreed. Um, I mean, there's a whole anime genre based on it, on just two girls being just two girls, right? And not romantically involved. There's a whole line of anime about it. Yeah. Great, it's now, PA Works is doing something right now about right. like an aquarium in Okinawa. Yeah. It's amazing. And also like, practically it makes like from a storytelling perspective it's just it's just it's really satisfying in a way because at that point especially in the book we're long past falling for katrina like we're in right like i want the best for her i only want good things for katrina and i think you know some time just with herself healing is important and I think if you had of like, yeah, thrust her into another relationship, because the relationships up to that point obviously haven't been great. Um, no, I'm a, yeah. an early reader said, you know, why isn't Katrina in a great relationship? And, no, and I said, no, well, no, no, no. she's in a great relationship. It's a different type of relationship. That's right. That's right. And she's not ready for everything else. Remember, this is this is a survivor of much. There are scars oh, to heal. Oh, and big time, big time. there yeah. are, you know, um, yeah. You know, and I'm not going to go into two things, too many things, but yeah. at the end, you do see the way Katrina resolves. And Katrina's resolution is not, she's not all the way back yet. No. Katrina is still no. very much growing because that's what kids do. And, you know, and I wanted to remember that. That's what, I appreciate that too about uh, about her arc in particular was, you know, there's, an, there's a nice epilogue where you mm-hmm. you certainly indicate that she's she's on a path. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and it looks like she's maybe on the right path for sure. But, uh, but by no means as, I mean, you can't expect any, anyone that goes through the shit that she's been through, like vile, vileness, like you could, how could anybody right get through it just with a snap yeah. of a finger? That's not, that's not realistic. It's, it's not, not realistic. It's not no, realistic, I mean, so. no, I mean, I'm still, 
I'm still processing a lot of the trauma that I went to. And uh, part of the challenge in this book was not putting it into this book, okay. putting just enough into this book that it was for you and not for me. Did it trigger anything though? Or Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so, there are do- still parts of this book where if I read, I have to be in a good space. Okay. I have to, uh, yeah. If so, but but it's worth it because this is something I want to share with you because I think that it's, uh, I think readers deserve the best story I can tell. Uh, but there are other places where I could have gone more intense and more prurient that I didn't because it wasn't necessary. And I think it would have been spectacle. And the last thing I want to do is to make these characters objects of spectacle as That's opposed right. to people that you can fall in love with. That's right. And there are people in the book that try that make them objects of spectacle, right? Mm-hmm. There's people that try, and, try. I won't say, and, they, and I won't say whether they succeed or not, but it's out there, isn't it? And we have this, as a society, we have this thing, people just sort of like are able to view trans people as things, as objects. Mm-hmm. And, and when you disconnect yourself like that from humanity, then in your in your own mind, you give yourself permission to treat them any way you want, and uh, and it's fucking yeah. gr- and it's fucking gross, obviously, and uh, yeah, and, and it's, yeah. so that so that's like you you know one of the things about, about this book is like you don't shy away from that and you face mm-hmm. it and Katrina faces it and it's ugly and it's not pretty and you know it's uh, I I think Katrina is one of the bravest people I've ever read. In a lot Thank of you. in a lot of ways, and I fucking yeah, fell in love with her right away. Like meaning, I want the best for her. Like you know, Astrid, and you know, like just take her, you know, feed her, <laughs> take care of her, like <laughs> make sure she get make sure she's happy and and getting lots of sleep, and you know all that, you know all that type of stuff. Um, Absolutely. So mm-hmm. this yeah, so this book is is to me a lot of really great ideas all wrapped together like a barber's pole kind of just sort of like spinning around each other in a really great way and and the the summary completely leaves out a couple of important characters one i won't mention at all but one i do want to mention and it's not it won't it's not too spoilery who is uh lucy matea okay so uh so this without spoiling yeah uh lucy is really lucy was all you know you, one can think that this book actually has four protagonists in right, some ways. Right, it's true. Uh, yeah, but uh, with Lucy, it's it's she has been. She's very much the way I wrote her, uh, like some of the women I grew up with. Very, very talented, very brilliant, very driven, and yet because of culture, mm-hmm. um, still beholden to the patriarchy. And a lot of times women will say things that, uh, well, uh, it's something we have to respect. We may not like it, but we will do what we can within those rules. And uh, my grandmother was like that, actually. And uh, my grandmother was, uh, we had an arranged marriage, never met the man that, never met my grandfather. Uh, They they met at the court for Mm -hmm. wedding. Right. And she made a great life. She she did as best she can could. But um, I was there when, you know, she 
deteriorated to dementia. And I heard a lot of the backstory that slipped out. And I was thinking that, no, it might, it might be beautiful. You might have a beautiful violin shop that preserves the history. But if you don't call it yours, I'm not interested. Right. And I wanted to write a character that challenged, challenged that and, and felt, but I didn't want her to challenge it from the inside. I wanted her in some ways uh, almost pulled into it because again, so many of these women, what makes them so amazing and so uh, in some ways larger than life is their larger than life capacity to take abuse. One of the things you help. Yeah. So you, you introduce this through really the, you know, the violin is sort of like the catalyst for a lot of this stuff and, and mm-hmm. you, know, you, you branch off that with, and so, yeah, a big part of what we learn about the history of the violin quote unquote is that there's this ugly history of women being erased oh. from, from its history. Right. Very, very much um, so. And not, and not only, and it's mostly on the crafts, craftsmanship side of it. Well, it's um, mostly, it, on, it's, it's on the craftsmanship. It's yeah, on, it's on both. It, it, it's, it's on, on all of it. It's on yeah. all of it. But, it's all. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, sort of sticking sort of within Lucy's sort of wheelhouse, you know, we learned that throughout history, there were, there were these master violin makers you know, we have the big names throughout history, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Stradivarius, uh, Amadi, you know, Guarneri, uh, yeah. like we yeah. have these famous, and then we sort of like, we, we learned that maybe it wasn't always men <laughs> that were no, making these violins. Uh, and, and in fact, it was, it was the, the wives or the daughters that were actually the master violin makers, but their names were scratched off the violins. They were erased from the history books. So this is so where we find Lucy, who's, inherited her family's violin shop but it's been a long succession of just being passed down to sons um Mm -hmm. and she's not and i won't get into the history exactly of of sort of how it goes there but she's feeling unworthy just because she was fucking born with tits and a vagina Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's been imposed on her in a really ugly way and she's feeling unworthy. And that whole story in this book could be its own book. I'm so fascinated yeah. by Lucy and that whole, <laughs> that her whole storyline and the shop and everything and how, and trust me, I don't think I need to explain to people, like you read that summary, like she's the, of the violin, it's a violin shop. There's a lot of people play the violin. You can understand why people would maybe walk through that door. Um, but that whole story I thought was, I was so fascinated with it. And then we get it to a part where another character who I won't mention explains enlightens her into mm-hmm. something and you know and that's when we really get into the history of, of not just the violin itself but of you know her and it, it's really incredible rico like it was it's like that, i was like i could read a whole book just on that thank you <laughs> yeah thank you. it was so cool and like talk about like like i said i learned a ton about the violin and did you, did you ever think like, I don't want to get too technical here. Cause you do, you, you get very technical. I thought anyways. Mm-hmm. With well, the that's violin. because that's because my readers are adults and they're smart. True uh, I was thinking that I'm, and also I think if done right, uh, details become attractive. I think yeah, that yeah. people Agreed. like to find out about the world provided it can be done well. So the challenge was not to write about these these things because I wanted to. The challenge was to get it right. 
yeah. and, and, and to, to work it. And the places that were real versus the places that were fictional make it all seamless. Like, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the Guarneri, you know, it's like that person who I'm referring to, I'm not going to go into is real. Right. Uh, right. Some other parts are uh, a little bit more my, my invention, but we need to make it all yeah. as as seamless as possible and that's where i do my work right that that's where my editors help me and um and i just i just dig and do the best work that i can the details um, and, yeah and in some ways as i'm doing this i'm matching what i'm writing about you know i i don't think i've told anybody this but you know i can when i think about what i would do if i weren't a writer you know, being somebody who makes musical instruments is a really 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 cool um, I agree. Yeah, option. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the detail in that, mm-hmm. like if you are a, like a, a, a nerd when it comes to, yeah, like the building of things or instruments, like mm-hmm. you, this is a, a lesson in that to me, as far as I'm concerned, there's a great sequence where you talk about how, especially from Lucy's point of view, I mean that I'm telling you, her scenes are incredible. Like talk about yeah. getting into like, into the weeds of, of like, like she's, an alchemist in a way it's more than mm-hmm. just like whittling wood right like it's like she's able to like see and smell things she uses all five of her senses and it's it's she's a magician and it's incredible um you even talk about like her ability to, to determine whether a violin was made by a violin maker or a carpenter and just uh-huh. like the different different indentations in the wood and it's just unbelievable even like the, the smallest something that could be out of position it's so incredible um yes thing is when i so one of the most enjoyable parts of my research was going to violin shops and and so i you know i want readers to know that i really wanted to get this right so i went into various violin shops introduced myself said hey i'm working on this novel do you mind telling me a little bit and they there's some beautiful luthiers who just opened their shop to me and uh let me and I was there not just, I was listening, I was smelling the varnish, yeah. I was looking at how the workshops were laid out, because a book can only tell you, I mean, uh, a how-to book can only tell you so much, and yeah, just listening to the, the tone where a violinist, uh, uh, or rather a luthier would hold their violin so pr- proudly in front of me and say, look at the scroll, and I'm mm. going, what am I looking at? <laughs> and then they said, see how it just goes, <laughs> yeah. and and it doesn't stop, and then, oh, I can use that, here we go, and so... Um, and another place where somebody let me hold a very, very expensive violin and I picked it up and it was freaky because it was so strong and so light. Mm. And you just realize that when you're playing this violin, you are playing with a hundred percent of your passion, but you're actually using a hundred percent of the capacity of the violin too. It's not holding back. You're not holding back. You push too hard. Someone's going to get hurt. So you better know what you're doing. And 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 it's this tightrope walk that I wanted to to show that these these fine instruments are fine because they risk breaking. It's. It's pretty remarkable. I mean, I mean, I was like enamored with it and the detail you put in is incredible. And again, just with Lucy and that storyline, the threads you pull just there and the way it connects to other things. And it's hard to talk about without spoilers, but, uh, but it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible. But uh, uh, yeah, I think people are really going to dig it. In, you know, you. Even, like whether you're a layman like me or, or not, I think, I think it's people on all levels are going to be appreciated. Even just like little tiny little nuggets of things like the dogwood tree and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. if people are going to be really stoked by it. 
Um, we'll get at, we'll get, let you go on this one. Uh, I think my two, uh, my two favorite romances this year were both very unconventional. Um, one was in velvet was the night by Sylvia Morena Garcia, which is a fucking incredible book. And I love <laughs> Satomi and, and, and Lon in this book. Oh, Lon and Satomi. Yeah. It's, it's such, <laughs> so like spoiler alert, sorry, there's a, there's a sapphic uh, romance in this book, but it's not, it's, it's very unconventional, but you do all the really smart things that I think people really love in these types of things. Like the first time couples see each other is always a very important point in a romance, mm-hmm. in a romance, right? It's it happens a million different ways. We all read a lot of books every year. So, but it's very important. Yours is great. <laughs> it's because it, it's <laughs> because, because it's funny. Uh, it's, it's very, it's tactile. We've all been there. We've all had to like really take a piss. Right. And we've all been somewhere where they say like, no, the bathroom's only for employees or whatever. Right. We've all been there and you know, you thrust her into this scene. And once at that point, we kind of already know the history of the donut shop anyways. And the first time they see each other is so powerful and so great. And then as their relationship continues and what I really like about it is how they're both on equal footing with each other and they both learn from each other. And we could argue about maybe who learns more, but I don't think it matters at the end of the day. I think what's important is they both learn how to be better people from each other and, mm-hmm. and they save each other in, a, in very, in just sort of grandiose ways, but in, in very specific ways as well. We won't talk about those, but well, they have to be, each of them has to acknowledge that they're going to be saved by the other one too. And that's right. That that's what I really, which is hard for two people like them, which is why yeah. it really worked in my favor to have something infertile versus something cosmic mm. because yeah. um, well, even if the footing may or may not be equal because they're coming from different realms, it's going to be that and we're good. And, um, and so that was even how they were describing what their appearances are, that they are not all that they seem. I don't know, you know, one of them doesn't know what the other one's talking about, but they have something like it. And and each of them are trying to understand each other. And uh, to be honest with you being, you know, being Asian or being trans or these are all things that anybody who dates me will not, unless, unless I date another Asian trans woman, uh, they're not going to be able to share that, but they'll have things like it. And I'm not going to be able to share what they have, but we don't have to, we got the other part covered. That's right. You You don't want to date yourself. Unless you want to date yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I got it covered already. You know, (laughs) it's all good. You know, and that's part of what having one's back is. And, I think that these two are literally, uh, literally partners in crime. They're good for each other. They are, yeah. uh, Shizuka has never, uh, you know, acted this way around any of her students or anybody she's competing with, or even some of her, even her paramours. This is something. This is really interesting space for for her to 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 be to be able to put one's own obsession away and uh, relate to somebody else's obsession is a big deal. And, you know, you do a very smart thing with them too, where that you keep the tension there. And Mm -hmm. it's not until like really the epilogue kind of where you sort of even just give, give us a little bit, but um, it's wonderful. They're back and forth. And they, it's like what you express 
with their their interactions is almost as important, if not more than just like if they had a met, then screwed right away or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like their exchanges, whether it's over food. We haven't even talked about the food. Um, <laughs> there's so much this book. People, trust me, we have barely touched the surface here. But uh, anyways, their relationship is fantastic. But I would, I, I'm going to just say unconventional. It's definitely one of my two favorite this year. It's very unconventional, but it's very, very beautiful. Much. It's very heartfelt. And you just... Again, there's just two more people in this book and the list goes on and on. We haven't talked about Floresta or the kids or, uh-huh. you know, there, there's so many people in this book that you just really want good things for. And, uh, you know, not all, it doesn't happen to all of them, but you just really want good things for these people. Not all of them, but most of them. And most of them. Yeah, yeah most of them. And and it's, it's, uh, it's just nice to read something that where generally it's, I get the impression that while not everything gets resolved, you at least leave room for the possibility of happy endings. Mm-hmm. There, there yeah. is, because who's to say what, what's in their future? Yeah. Uh, they, but when one thing is, I think they, I think I've, the characters, uh, this book has been living through the stories in this book have, have made these characters much more whole yeah and the suddenly you see somebody like katrina who could barely articulate anger right where 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 she is now where shizuka is now where 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 lan is now where shirley is now and i wanted people to feel that this was a significant uh a significant episode in all of these characters' lives, and it came together in this beautiful sort of knot, and that's what, and that's why I wrote the book about this time. Yeah, and I mean, basically, you know, you we want as readers to understand that our characters are better off at the end than when we first met them. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, maybe not perfect, but better. And, the other uh, thing about yeah. this book too is like when I first was writing about this book, people were thinking, you know, are you going to write young adult? And it's like this. And and my sort of my headcanon was this is uh, you're never too old to be a young adult, right. and so what I yeah. wanted to do was write a book that could be uh, that has that optimism that has this oh gee let's let's be together and boom you know mm-hmm. but but for folks who have a little bit of mileage who yeah. have seen some things and um, I really. It really was important if I was going to choose one romance versus the other, that it would be an older couple versus a younger couple, because yeah, uh, some of our elders deserve that. I agree. Um, a good place to end it, too. But I will mm. say very quickly is I, I held it together really well through most of the book. But then at the end, I did cry. Um, and it has it was the uh, Floresta scene at the end, which made me cry oh. like tears like actual oh. tears yeah yeah so that really got to me and it was so it's so beautiful and uh but I, you know definitely bouts of emotion and near near tears for sure but it wasn't until then that just something that scene is so fucking great i love i really love a good that's not an epilogue but it kind of feels like an epilogue i think it, the really great oh, i think that out of all the characters that I wish I could bring into my life, I think it would be Floresta. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I, 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 I disagree with that. Yeah. I'm very, very, I'm very, very happy that, uh, that Auntie Floresta let me write her. 
she's great. She is a fantastic character. And uh, like I said, I, that scene at the end with her is so great. Um, so this is going to air probably the day before the release date. What do you have for launch day? What do you got going on launch day? Ah, uh, gosh, I don't do, really do know. <laughs> I, let me, what does my schedule say? Yeah, I, I don't really know. All I can say is like, you know, just stay tuned and all of the wonderful social media because it's going okay. to be there. Uh, um, oh, I'm doing so. Oh, that's what I'm doing. Okay. I'm just looking at my schedule. I'm doing a hybrid book launch and signing at Skylight Books in Los Angeles. And oh, perfect. we're still working out the, uh, the details because of COVID. Yep. So, um, you know, it just lets everybody be good, not just for my book release, but for everyone's health. And in general, yeah. There, there we are. Uh huh. And then okay. just, there's just all sorts of things going on. So, so you will um, update. Um, Yes. Uh, RikaRika.com. RikaRika.com is getting updated. And, and socials, any and all social, socials. Yep. My Twitter, Rika underscore Aoki is my Twitter. I love people following me, even though I may not always follow you back because that's too oh, many no. people to keep track of. But yeah, yeah, yeah. there that is. And um, really just super, super grateful to to you, Steve, for having me on your podcast. Oh, it was my pleasure. As you can tell, I'm a fan. Big, 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 big fan of this book. And uh, I hope you like the next one coming up. So there we go. You I'm mentioned anime and you mentioned judo and things like that. And it made me happy. Let's just say. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, that just means you get to come back on. Oh, um, my God. I can't wait. So, all right, Rika. Well, please have a wonderful launch. Uh, of course, continue to be safe out there. And, you too. and, and I guess enjoy the school year. <laughs> Yeah, I after, as soon as I'm done here, I am I'm going to figure out what my Zoom schedule is. Actually, no, I'm going to have lunch because I haven't had lunch yet, and then oh. I'm going to do that. Oh, but uh, it's, it's a little late for lunch, but that's all right. It, it happens. It, it happens. happens yep. And ironically, you know, even because of COVID, I can't even go have a donut right now. Oh, of, of all things, I know. Of all things. Well, well you be well. Uh, thank you, Rika, and uh, yeah, we'll talk real soon. There you have it. Another episode of Everything is Canon all wrapped up. Huge thanks to Rika for chatting with me. Pretty obvious where I stand on this book. It's pretty damn great and I can't recommend it enough. It comes out tomorrow, so pick up a copy wherever books are sold and head on over to rikayoki.com for more information. As always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose to listen and head on over to cinelinks.com for the latest movie, TV, books, and gaming news. Please continue to be safe out there. Bye for now.